0: or you're new to practicing solo, you've got your game plan. Now what? First, know that you're not alone. It's the fastest-growing segment of the legal profession. Welcome to New Solo, here on the Legal Talk Network, where you'll learn about practicing law solo.
1: Welcome to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad that you could listen to our podcast today. I'm attorney Kyle Gelcher. I am a solo practitioner from Springfield, Massachusetts, where I practice a variety of legal areas, including civil litigation, business law, entertainment law, intellectual property law and consumer law. On New Solo, we're going to talk about all the things you may not have learned in law school if you're a young lawyer and all the things you may be facing if you've left a larger firm and now you're starting out on your own or you're with colleagues in a smaller firm. Today on New Solo, we will spotlight a solo attorney and his road to becoming a solo practitioner. Joining me today is solo attorney Carl Ires. Carl was an assistant district attorney in New York City for nine years where he handled narcotic cases and violent crime. He was the deputy town attorney for the town of East Hampton. It's a town of approximately 20,000 people on eastern Long Island, and he handled zoning and land use issues, among many other matters for the town. Carl started his own practice this winter, where his concentration is land use litigation. Welcome to New Solo, Carl.
2: Thanks for having me, Carl.
1: Oh, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's get right to it. Um, Carl, you were an assistant district attorney in New York City, and I'm sure you gained some very valuable experience uh, working at the uh, ADA's office. Um, how did working for the government help you become a, a successful solo?
2: Uh, working for the DA's office helped me because it's the best training on on earth. I think it's the best place to you know take take a lawyer out of law school and and really turn them into an attorney. And you start off uh, you know green and new and you can you can stay and and you can continue to learn even you know up up through the ranks, even the most senior uh, you know, the most senior prosecutors in, in an office like that are, are still learning. And it's a, uh, it's a fascinating collegial environment. It's uh, like, like nowhere else that, and the training that you get is, is commensurate with that experience. It's really, uh, it's really what can, uh, you know, help, help break you in. And um, how did it help me become a, a solo practitioner? It, uh taught me to be a lawyer. it taught me to you know take facts and, uh, and apply them to the law when you're doing that for you know hundreds of cases a year over over years you can get you can get pretty sharp at, at finding facts and uh, and reading the law
1: And for someone who is currently uh, at the attorney general's office or is a assistant district attorney, what are some skills or experience they should be looking to gain now to help them become a successful solo practitioner in the future?
2: I'd say there are, uh, there are three things that you get from an experience like that. A high volume government job gives you, uh, an opportunity to really hone some specific legal skills in, in different fields. You know, in, in the DA's office, there are, you know, there are even subsections within different bureaus. And, uh, so you can get, you, you can turn yourself into, uh, you know, sort of an expert really in different, different specific skill sets. But there are also a lot of general applications that, uh, you get exposed to it at the d a s office that you just um you really can learn from they're just kind of legal skills that really cross over no matter where you are and it and it can be from simple you know procedural things like requiring notices and affirmations of service when you file motions to uh trial procedures and uh the general overarching principles of of the law that you're you're taking facts and and applying them to the you know, the law as the legislature. Codified it, and the third is, is people skills. I think when you're in the government, you know, you're always representing, you know, something much much larger than yourself, and and your client is is much larger than you know just a single person or entity or corporation or you know or even like a class action that might have a few hundred or people in it. It's this uh, it's really a good opportunity to to learn how to. Use those skills and develop those relationships, and and represent a, a client. So those are those are the three skills that I think uh, anyone should be looking to get out of that sort of government job.
1: And to follow up that question, what was the biggest challenge moving from the public sector to the private sector?
2: Oh, I'd say billable hours. Billable hours, definitely. All of a sudden, I gotta I have to keep track of these things, and it's uh, it, it it's quite an awakening. And uh, also, when you're going out not just from the private sector, uh, from the public sector into the private sector, you're also going out on your own, you don't know where those billable hours are going to come from next week. And so there are lots of new anxieties that I'm that I'm learning about that I previously was unaware of. And
1: uh, what piece of advice would you give to someone who wanted to make this same transition that you did?
2: Well, on, on that note, I'd have to say, you know, for a few months before you're looking to leave, keep, practice keeping track of your time. I, uh, you know, I kind of wish that I'd done it, but I, I think it really would have been helpful. Just keeping track of how many hours does it take to write a motion, how much time does it take to, you know, to to call this guy, and, and what sort of time does it take to review documents or review, you know, different types of documents. And keeping track of that could be really helpful. And um, also, the the other thing is just start reaching out to potential clients months ahead of time, or as, you know, as, as as soon as you know what you want to do and start laying the groundwork. So on, on day one, you can you can hit the ground running.
1: A previous guest on our program, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, um, basically stated that a new solo should take a practice area and focus it three times in order to create a niche practice. For instance, I'm a family law practitioner. That would be the first focus. Representing fathers, that would be the second focus. In modification proceedings, that would be the third focus. Now, you're in a town of approximately 20,000 people, and I'm going to surmise that you would offer differing advice, Carl. How do you approach a small market when you first open a, a solo practice?
2: Well, I think I actually saw that. I, I listened to that uh, that particular episode of your program, so I'm, I'm familiar with the idea, and it's something that I I gave a lot of thought to. I think that I think that branding is important no matter no matter where you are. If you're you know you know if you're in the largest market in the world, you know in, in New York City, or if you're you know in a, in a small town i think i think branding is professionally important especially these days with with so many different avenues to pursue it traditional advertising or or uh you know web based or social media i, I think that branding is always important and um that aspect of it doesn't change but uh in a in a small market you also have to you know be more of a general practice because you're you're not just a lawyer you're uh, you're a small business owner so you don't want to cut off work by by over specifying. And um you know, it's that general practice that gets people in the door and good service gets them to the return. And you know, if they're if they're good clients and they you know, they have a lot of work or have a lot of people they can refer to you, you'll you'll wind up doing your preferred practice areas, but uh you wind up doing a lot of other stuff too. But the payoff is that you're you're working to help somebody who has a problem and it's pretty satisfying no matter no matter what uh your practice area, it may come in.
1: I understand that you are growing a land use practice. How does a small market affect your goal? Well,
2: I I don't really have a comparison to a because I've, I've never worked in a, in a different market in, in land use, so it's kind of tough to say. But I think that the the demands are different because the legal legal services that you offer are so diverse. But on the other hand, a small market on a on a the end of a island. There's less land, so using it gets a lot of attention, and um, that's what makes it a, you know, an interesting field to work in in this area.
1: How challenging is it to be a general practitioner in a small market?
2: I think that it's, it's challenging to be a, a general practitioner in any market because it changes so much that, you know, the diversity of practice areas is, you know, can change depending on who, who walks in the door. Um, but I think that you know the, the thing about the thing about land use is that the small market is actually beneficial because land use is local. It's driven by local concerns, and um, you know those those are things that if you really have you know the land, know the lay of the land, and know the people, and know you know know the geography, it it's really helpful. And conversely, when it comes to land use and, and litigation. It's the same law statewide and uh it's even fairly consistent from state to state in, in many regards. So you know, so having having clients outside of this geographic area which which I do, uh, you can still provide them the same services and uh and, and do it well because you know what the standards are gonna be when you you know if you need to uh you know, if you need to go to court. You know, it's it it, it cuts both ways, but I think that the uh you know, the challenges in this case are, are kind of your uh interesting bedfellows they're kind of your friends
1: we need to take a short break when we return more with attorney carl
0: iris want to stay in touch with the legal talk network and get our shows automatically rss provides home delivery you don't have to remember where to click the good stuff comes right to you automatically and free just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. If you like listening to new solo, you might also like the unbillable hour on LegalTalkNetwork.com. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too.
1: Welcome back to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. Today, we're joined by solo attorney, Carl Irace. Welcome back, Carl. Thank you. As far as marketing, what avenues do you recommend New Solos take to market their practice in a small market?
2: In a small market, so much business is conducted on a who-you-know basis where there really is no substitute for, you know, honestly, just good old-fashioned business cards and, and handing them out and referrals and networking. But how I'm looking to expand outside the local market is is through newer media.
1: What steps do you take to reduce the learning curve for new practice areas? Um, you know, for instance, you know what resources have helped you the
2: most? Making use of downtime, I, I listen to a lot of web content, like the Legal Talk Network, when I'm in the car, or honestly, when I'm you know when I'm fishing or or at the gym, and uh, also you know, printing out materials, you know from from uh you know different online resources and, and having them in court to you know to read when you're when you're just sitting there waiting for somebody else to show up is is invaluable.
1: Carl, you're in an area where there is a fair amount of tourism. What are some pros and cons for dealing with tourists who become clients?
2: Well the cons are that when people leave the area they, they, they sometimes go back to different time zones or or they go back to somewhere where they use a different currency. And those are just uh you know those are hurdles that that you have to face um but the the pros are that things many things need to be ready for summer's peak season, so you know how to allocate your time uh also there are many second home buyers that that are familiar with the real estate process and they're familiar with transactions and other legal services so so they they know what they're looking for, you know I think that's. That's that's helpful.
1: What is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
2: Well, I had an old boss who he used to say, always carry a pen. And uh, the same guy gave the same advice, and he said, never write anything on a cocktail napkin. So I would say, always carry a pen, but never write anything on a cocktail napkin.
1: <laughs> uh, well... That's good advice, and that about does it for this edition of A New Solo. Remember, you can find all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also subscribe to this program through iTunes. And a very special thanks to my guest, Mr. Carl Ires, for joining me today. Uh, Carl, if someone wants more information on today's topic, how can they reach you?
2: Reach out to me by email. I'd uh, love to help out anyone or answer any questions that anyone has. My email address is southforklaw at gmail.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-O-R-K-L-A-W at gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. And uh, just one more thing I'd like to add. Uh, the best advice I have for people who may want to start a solo practice is to cut your teeth in government where you'll get the uh, the volume of experience that that you can really take with you, and and you can bring that into your solo practice and and really capitalize
1: on it. That's great advice, Carl. Thank you so much. And, of course, you can contact me directly at kyle at legaltalknetwork.com. Join us next time for another episode of New Solo here on the Legal Talk Network. Have a great
0: day, everyone. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. It's officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to New Solo today. Hope you'll listen to next month's edition with Attorney Kyle Gelcher, right here on the Legal Talk Network. And a reminder to check out Firm Manager at myfirmmanager.com forward slash LTN. It's a business solution for lawyers created by lawyers from LexisNexis.